0: Thanks guys, how good's that? We're going to invite our drummer down, he's going to come and be with us this morning. I was already with you. Yeah, now you're really with us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I reckon that's what we do with God sometimes, but sometimes we don't realise he's with us. Interesting, hey? Hey um, Mel, thanks for joining us.
2: My pleasure, today. so
1: fun. Yeah, good to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. As, um, if you haven't met Mel before, this is Melody Potter. Um, everyone say hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. <laughs> hi,
2: church. <laughs> hi, online.
1: Um, Mel's been part of um, Coast Community for a very long time and is is currently one of her elders, like on the Board of Elders. So I'm inf- the youngest elder. You're the youngest elder. Yep, you just I wanna, am. You want to make that claim. Very, very clearly. And in fact... It w- it's actually official you've been voted in for a second two-year term. I have, as yes. Of, as of this Thank week. You. So <laughs> welcome back. That would have been very <laughs> awkward if we planned this and you weren't invited back. So, so bad, I'm glad right? That, I'm glad that worked out all
0: right. We were going to tell her afterwards. But <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway, okay. um,
1: It is great to have conversations about who we are as a community of people, especially when it's from a deep place to go actually there's c- some convictions that have come from a deep place, risen to the surface, that will shape things differently for us. Um, It it won't look the same. Now, we've been talking about that in this series. That's why we're having this series. Um, And if you've missed some of these previous conversations we've had, I'd encourage you to go back to YouTube, Coast Community Church on YouTube, check them out because it will be a reference point um, for what things look like. Now, we don't know what everything is going to look like, but we do know some things about what it will look like so so far where we're tracked so far the first conviction was about we are others focused we really want to be a church that is focused on other people not us now not us plurally but not even us singularly like that says that it's not about me so so anything we do at Coast Community hate to tell you it's not about you (laughs) <laughs> In a way, when we go together, we want to actually exist for the benefit of other people, especially those that don't have a faith yet. So that was a key core conviction. That kind of shaped everything. We could have stopped there. If we did that well, that'd be fine. Um, the other thing is that we want to be a community of people where we see disciples who make new disciples who make new disciples. Or we want to be a community of followers of Jesus that help other people become followers of Jesus, who then they help other people become followers of Jesus. And so that's really significant. We Like to celebrate 10 baptisms last Sunday was brilliant. Let's lift the lid off that and celebrate more and more people coming to faith. So we do that together. The other one was that home is the primary place of discipleship. That's why we can make a decision which probably in first instance doesn't make sense to go, Or we're not having a gathering on Christmas Day. We're not saying that. We're saying that home is the primary place of discipleship. Your home is significant. You have influence in your home, out of your home. So let's do that. Let's do that on Christmas Day. Discipleship
0: isn't just discipling people who have made a decision to follow Jesus. There's there's a, a discipling process that leads somebody to make a decision to follow Jesus. That's why our homes are such key and why what we're doing at Christmas is really important because, I don't know about you, I'm gonna be spending Christmas with some people who don't have a faith in Jesus. And, and I wanna be part of sharing his story with them in a way that's comfortable, non-threatening, but done through relationship. So lots of opportunity
1: there. And the other one that we spoke about just before Celebration Sunday is that we are primarily a volunteer organisation. Um, we we all have a part to play. It's like the priesthood of all believers, yep. um, where I think traditionally in churches, what we've done is we've staffed potentially any possible role we could. <laughs> Talking about churches, not just coast. Mm. Um, and to kind of wind that back and go, actually, well, what, what does that look like if we if we all play our part significantly? And we land today about this concept of gathering, which is what we're doing right now, the church gathered. And if I'm honest... I reckon this is one of the convictions that rise to the surface that will make things look different physically. Because when someone thinks of church, what do they think about? This space right here. And I and think, oh, I'm going to go to church this week or would you like to come to church with me? Like I th- Our language hasn't served us well there because you don't go to church, you are the church. And, and you are the church... seven days a week. You are the church. And we gather together as the church. We don't go to church. It's interesting. I've noticed that our language has changed just in a very short time where we will not call this space a church service. We'll call it a gathering. How is that different? It's language, but how is it different?
0: There's so much in that, and I think... Uh, an analogy might be useful in this. Um, I don't know if you're... Uh, I'm looking around the room. There are enough people in the room who are old enough to remember service stations. <laughs> right? Um, in fact, when I left school, uh, my first job was in a service station and my role was I was the driveway attendant. They trusted you with they that? They did, yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Foolish. Um, so my job was when a car would pull up to get <laughs> petrol the person in the car would not get out of their car. They would hold out their $10 note or their $20 note and ask me to put that much petrol in and check the oil, check the tyres, clean the windscreen um, and maybe even check the brake fluid and the power steering fluid. And they wouldn't get out of the car and they turned up at that petrol station because of the service they would receive. It was a complete one-way transaction. I'm going to that place because of what I will get out of it. And if we use that analogy with, with church, with the idea of a church service, we can easily fall into the trap of I'm going to go along to that church service because there are certain things I want to get out of it. And we're, we're just saying no, that's not the picture of the church we see in the Bible. We want to gather as the church so we can encourage and equip one another to go and be disciples in the other 166 hours of the week that we find ourselves doing um so so i reckon that's key in in the language that we want to gather as the church so we can go not let's come to a service and and nearly be like a consumer and and try to get the things that we want to get out of that service
1: yeah it's a pretty good analogy did you get things wrong no you can tell me later
0: they used to have, you know, the petrol bowsers used to have a little button you could click so it'd keep the petrol flowing. So I remember one day I, I had four cars going. I had the button click just to keep the, and then all of a sudden they all spilled over at the same time. <laughs> and then I had a collection of petrol caps that I forgot to put on at times, and you had a bunch of. Anyway,
1: I thought there'd be some That's stories. That's why I'm not doing that anymore.
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't wasn't my calling. Wasn't your sweet spot. It wasn't my sweet spot, man.
1: <laughs> So you're not a service provider. No, I'm not. Nor is is the church a service provider. We are gathering or a family or a people people of faith. Mel, what, what are you kind of, when you, when you think of gathering, What is, what is it you see? What's on your heart in that space?
2: I think for me, I've always seen myself as a, as a church girl. Like I've always gone to church. It's always been so important to be connected on a Sunday in some way. But throughout our conversation, particularly this year, I've really felt that shift for me that I'm a church girl who gathers rather than it just being about being here on a Sunday, that the gathering for me is around where we're connecting so that I can then remember in between Sundays. Because I think that's the hardest probably part for me that I will come and engage, which is really, really important. But then I'll get to like lunchtime Tuesday and I'm like, I forgot, I forgot I'm a Christian. (laughs) And not, not in a way where like I'm behaving inappropriately but i just get caught up in work or relationships or phone calls or whatever it is and it's just about when i come on a on a sunday to the gathering that it sets me up to remember what i'm called to do when i'm not here and so for that shift for me has been really really a really really cool thing because then i've seen myself different than just being someone who's connected here. I am this and I'm also the person who remembers through the week what I'm supposed to do.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty cool. See it seems like a subtle shift. It seems like different language, but it is it is actually will make a really big difference in who we are as a faith community. I really I really believe that. I really also believe that there's so much purpose in just gathering alone. Like, for us to gather as the church, all ages, so kids, youth, adults, um, together, like the fact that we gather as a family with all of our differences, um, there's so much purpose right there. It kind of takes the pressure off what happens on a Sunday. If we're, if our whole faith story is about Sunday and what happens on a Sunday, um, I think we set ourselves up for fail. If it's about gathering, and it's still super important. But we gather and there's so much. Like I, I hope that even our kids, for example, actually in a gathering, would would there be, there'd be some formation that would happen in our kids that happens without us even knowing about it. It just happens in the gathering because they see that they belong. They're part of a gathering. They're part of a church. They're part of a family. They can look up to the next generation ahead of them and go, actually, I want to be like that person. And we can all do that. I mean, I'm inspired by many of you in your lives and I need that. And it gives me a picture of the kind of person I want to be. I think there's so much formation that happens in just a gathering, more than we'd ever know. And so I want to embrace that, want us to embrace that. But it still is super important. It is is a rhythm that is Really important for us, like you were saying. I see myself different in that rhythm. I want to be a gathering. And we'll talk about this next week in a way because there's actually a model that's presented that's about follow, gather, and go. As simple as that. That if we can be people that just personally follow Jesus daily day in day out and just have some practices that help us do that we'll be fresh and we actually attend a gathering full ready to contribute ready to give ready to encourage ready ready to just be part of a church gathering so that we can go and be missional in all the other days of the week from our home in our workplaces
0: and all that we'll talk about that yeah like how how can the sunday gathering set us up for life in the monday to saturday um, instead of just being, you know, a phrase we often hear is that I'm a Sunday Christian. You know, yeah. And like Mel was saying, you know, the rest of the week uh, it seems to just slip, slip your mind as to what, what, what life's about <laughs> and that I'm actually on mission with God in his world. Um, so I love that, just that sense of, you know, following Jesus personally so we can turn up at the gathering already filled and us already being filled With Jesus during the week flows over into one another there's that encouragement there's that equipping and there's that that um yeah mutual edification for one another that's a beautiful picture rather than i'm so empty and i've got to sunday morning finally and i need something to happen here that's going to fill me up it's it's really is a different picture and i love that god's putting his finger on this for us because it is going to make us change some of the things that we do
1: it will. I love this passage of Scripture. It's Colossians 3, Ruben. If you can find Colossians 3, that'd be great. Um, it says this. It says, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another... Using good common sense and sing. Sing your hearts out. We'll be able to do that again one day. Um, you know, technically, you can you can now sing with a mask. Isn't that interesting? Not that I want to do that. Um, but if you want to do that, go right ahead. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever be done in the name of the Master Jesus. Thanking God the Father every step of the way. There's such a togetherness in that piece. We're meant to be together. We're meant to gather so that we can go. And I love that where it says, none of this going off and doing your own thing. Yeah. Um, Neil, we've played a lot of soccer together. And how annoying is it when someone on a team realises that they're not part of a team and they're just trying to do it on their own? I, mean, I remember you get called a hog. Yeah, you're a hog. You know, you just get the ball. you <laughs> just trying to score yourself. And super annoying in a soccer team, yet if everyone plays as a team, that's how you win. That's how that's how you kick goals. Um, I tell you what: if we play as a team, if if we are a team, we will kick some
0: serious goals. And, and understanding your role in the team, um, yeah. you know, Paul, Paul paints a great picture in a couple of his letters in, in Scripture where he talks about you know the church being like a body, and and when we have a picture of our own physical body, there's all different parts of our body and different types of cells that have different roles and functions. And it's like that in the church. And you know, talking about a, a sporting team, oh, I just love another analogy that helps me just figure out what the gathering's about. And, and it's a bit like, and you occasionally you'll see it now the way TV's become intrusive into sporting teams, but if you can see footage sometimes of some sort of Football or cricket code, where they're in the dressing room and the players are all gathered around, they're dressed and they're ready, and the coach comes and shares some final words. And what those words basically are, they're a reminder to say, remember who we are, remember what we're about, remember what your role is. Let me encourage you that you can do this, you're equipped, you have the skills, you have everything you need to do what you've been called to do. Now, Let's go out and play the game. And, and, and that pep talk by the coach, I, I just think that's a great picture for the Sunday gathering. Let's come together. Let's, let's be reminded about who we are, what our mission is, what our goal is, that we're in this together. We all have different roles and functions and gifts and skills and talents that we can bring to the table. And then let's go and live out God's mission in the world. Now, again, all analogies have some things that fall apart, but I I just like that picture as a sport fan to to just go, (laughs) the gathering is not the game. The gathering is not the end result. The gathering is so we can play the game, which happens in our Monday to Saturday, Monday to Sunday. Um, And I just love that picture.
2: And it also gives you confidence to play your role really well. Once I know what I've got to do and where I am and where I'm contributing, then I have the confidence to step into that. And then that makes um, who we are an even more beautiful and flourishing picture of the bride of Christ, who we are becoming to be. And I think if we have confidence to do what we're called to do, then then we do it.
1: It's good. And maybe you're thinking, well, what is my role to play? I don't know. I don't know if I'm good enough, my life's not all together... Not even sure how I'm gifted. They're all big questions, but you've got what it takes, and you have a role. I think one of the one of the misconceptions we've had is that we've felt we've needed to had a had a role here. In a gathering, in a church service, and and I need to be on a roster, or I need to be gifted, or I need to be on the stage, or I need to be whatever. And I think we've felt like we've had to have a role here. And sure, some of that needs to happen. You put on a family gathering home at Christmas time. there's roles that need to happen. Um, there's washing up, there's things happen, there's hospitality, let's do all that. But that's, that's kind of where it starts. And, and I love this in, um, in Hebrews. Reuben, if you've got that verse there, Hebrews 10, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's not just about us. That's in all what you do during the week. Kids, when you're at school, if you're at university, in your workplace, in your home, let's think of ways together how we can motivate one another to love and good works and good acts. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. See, there's an urgency. There's an urgency for us to be on point, to be about our core purpose, and to go on to follow Jesus personally. We want to gather together for a coach's pep talk, and let's go. It's interesting, the last part of our mission statement is to encourage people to go for it. Like, it's actually to live that out in all kinds of different relationships during your week the other thing i'd say i absolutely believe that we are better off with you like coast community if we just talk about coast community we're, we're in better shape if you're part of what's going on if you're part of a gathering your presence matters your presence makes a difference your presence and your words can encourage someone it can show love and support i mean how have you seen that how have you seen that in the church Have you seen that dynamic?
2: Definitely. Sorry, (laughs) come on, Mel. (laughs) 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 Definitely. I think if you, um, if I can take a little example from my own life. So some of you may know um, that I, I was on staff at Coast Community for a number of years, and then I stepped off staff. And during that time, for me, when I made that transition, there was a time where I thought I wasn't needed in our church gatherings because I wasn't a part of the ministry team or again, I wasn't on the stage or there wasn't that recognition. But the dynamic for me around that I am I am a part of this, this gathering, I'm a part of this community and people need what I have and how I can contribute. But I also need what other people have to gather with me and to connect with me and to re- refine and realign and move me towards that. What we're talking about on that, on encouraging me to keep doing what I'm doing. So I know for me, at times, sitting in a in a Bible study or a home group. Sorry, got the language wrong. A home <laughs> group <laughs> um, is is that time of where I'm, I'm contributing. I'm better together when I'm here on a Sunday. I'm better because of who I am and who I'm with. And I think, regardless of where I sit, whether I'm on the ministry team whether i'm sitting in the in the sunday gathering whether i'm watching online at home i am better and we are better because we are together
0: and i've shared this story before but i'll, I'll share it again because it's really relevant um th- there was a guy who was part of our church he's he's moved away um and i remember him saying to me that he said you know i get up sunday morning and i'm going to the gathering and, and i just pray and i say god how can you use me this morning when gather?" How can you use me? And he would just say, can you bring someone across my path that I can have a conversation with, someone I can encourage, someone I could pray for, someone who needs me to just listen to them? But can you, can you show me who that is? So he steps into the gathering ready to contribute. And, and, and he just said every week there was something significant that happened because he was just surrendered to saying, God, I am part of the body, use me now he never got up on stage he never preached a sermon he never let him worship never did any of those things but just had this mindset to say as i gather i'm here to contribute not to consume and god just responds to that and goes let me use you let me use you for the sake of others and then others would do that with him he he would find someone encourage him in a conversation And as they start talking, they're going, we both were praying the same sort of thing this morning, that (laughs) God would use me this morning. Uh, Imagine if that was just the the culture of of the church, Not, not necessarily coast community, love that to be our culture, but the church, that the church realises that we all have a role to play, we're all part of the body, and we're here to build up and edify and encourage one another. That's a beautiful picture.
1: It's a massive part of our gatherings, right, yep. um, is that mutual encouragement. Last week at a celebration Sunday, I had someone come up to me and go, "Kevin, I just want to share this with you. It's, it's an encouragement. I just had this picture of the Coast Community at the moment. It's like this tree in a pot and feel like God's taken it out of the pot and actually put it in the ground and it's going to be so much more fruitful for his kingdom. Now, I was really encouraged by that, personally encouraged. What's interesting, that's the same picture that we had several times when we actually purchase a facility here at Tumby. I remember that. There were many of those same kind of pictures. Um, so, mutual encouragement. This morning already, I walk in, I'm having a conversation with Danny about the cafe and go, that's really good, it's going to be great. Danny's encouraging me about how good the cafe is going to be at Tumby. I walk past Stephen, get a Stephen, and Stephen goes, Oh, Kev, I've got a Christmas card for you in my car. Mutual encouragement. Sometimes it can be just a simple word. You've noticed, you've seen someone. I love it where it says in Romans 1, if you can find that verse up there in Romans, it says, this is Paul going, For I long to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. That is, we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. That's a beautiful culture. That can exist in any gathering we we have as a church, from a Sunday gathering, what happens in home groups or home churches. We have this flavour of mutual encouragement, super important.
2: And I think even in this season now, the conversations that I've been having with with not only people here at gatherings, but at work and through the week, is that everyone's pretty cooked. Like I think a lot of people are just at that point where they're just like crawling to get to the finish line and I think what a beautiful opportunity that we have even in this season to start practising that rhythm of that mutual encouragement for one another, that remembrance of when we're seeing someone here in our gatherings that we not only do it now but it's something that we set ourselves up for to become a natural habit.
0: And I just love how God's bringing this stuff to the surface. They all interact so really what we're talking about is well, we come and be part of the gathering because we're others' folk. Yeah. It's not about me. A- and we come to the gathering um, to volunteer and to serve, yeah. not, not relying on a handful of people to do all the stuff. Um, and I just love that it actually fits together. A- and you look at it as a big pitch and you go, maybe God knows what he's talking about. <laughs> May- maybe he knows how this works best. Maybe he knows how we are designed to function together as the church to represent him well in the, church, in the world. Yeah. And you know, so it's, it's a trust issue. It keeps coming back for me all year. It's a trust issue. Can I trust God at his word? Can I trust that what he has for you and I is actually what's best for you and I? It's yeah.
1: cool. So let's, let's get down to some business. How could it look different? Like as we continue just to move, we're not going to flick a switch on anything, but if we move in that direction where it is about the church gathering, but many people, not only in our church, but even our community would think, oh, they're coming to a church service. H- how could it look different as we move forward? What do you see? What do you think?
0: I'll be a bit vulnerable here. T- Tanya and I, my wife Tanya, we've had this conversation a number of times over our, our marriage and church life. Where we've basically said, Tanya goes, You know what? I could turn up for church just for the worship, have the worship, then happily go home. And I say, I could turn up after the worship just for the sermon, happily hear the sermon, and go home. <laughs> and, and both of us, when we look at that, is basically it's just this consumer mindset. What is the thing that resonates with me most that I want to receive or engage with? And that's what I'll engage with, and the rest of it I can sort of let let go. So, for me, to answer your question, Kev, it's the gathering becomes central. What happens in the gathering is secondary. Mm. What would it look like if we turned up to a gathering and what you expected to be part of what happened didn't happen? What if there was no sermon one Sunday? What if there was no band and no singing one Sunday? What if all we did was pray? What if all we did was chat over coffee? What if What if it looks different to what we've known a church service to look like? How would we cope with that? H- how would we step in and go? You know what? The gathering's the main thing. What happens is secondary. Like that's a that's a big call. Some of you are sitting there feeling uncomfortable right now. You've known Anybody feeling
1: uncomfortable? You've known you know,
0: nothing else. There's been no other way church has operated in your life. You don't need that. I don't need that. Keep preaching, brother. Yes. No, I'll stop. You're okay, Mel. <laughs>
2: Mine's very similar, I think, to what you're sharing. I I shared with the um, ministry team earlier this year, I read this book, this really tiny little book called, I think it's called The Power and the Presence of Revival. And it's by this, um, it was written in the 1950s by this gentleman by the name of Duncan Campbell. And he was a pastor in Scotland um, in the Scottish Isles where this whole community of people um, over a couple of weeks um, were totally transformed by the good news of Jesus. Like it was just insane. But in the book, um, he talked about how even as a pastor in the 1950s, how does he encourage people to gather without that – and he actually used the word consumerism mindset um, within the church. And I was reflecting on that as – because I've had a very privileged position this year to hear some of these conversations a little bit earlier than us as the church gathered – um, but even seventy years ago, the church worldwide, the big C church, was grappling with how do we not just make our Sunday gatherings about me? How does how do we do this really, really well? And I think this this picture of the church gathered has been dropped again. Where I my prayer and my hope is is that now, we're seventy years later, we may have a little bit more insight and a little bit more. Um, clarity around what it looks like for us but for me I think it's about obedience that when I come to the gathering that I am obedient to whatever we are doing here within this space regardless of it makes if it makes me feel uncomfortable if I feel really distressed even the thought of just coming and having coffee one Sunday or um, might I'll be very vulnerable I really dislike when we sit at tables (laughs) You know, like that kind of cafe-style church. That's always made me very uncomfortable. But if I switch that up and think about what we do about the gathering, it's about being obedient. When I'm here, how am I contributing? Who am I speaking to? Because it it really isn't about me.
0: Can I just qualify what I said? I'm not sitting here going, hey, this this is how I want it to look. We're going to cut sermons. We're going to cut music. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I was just about to clarify that. Um, that, that's not my picture that, that's not my desire um, but my desire is what if we did whatever was most needed when we gathered on a Sunday yep. what if we followed God's lead and allowed him to go this is what this gathering's about this week so what, what I say yeah. to that is um, we, we've had a pretty predictable way church looks you know what time it's gonna start, you know what it's gonna look like, you know when it's gonna finish. And we come along knowing those things. Um, What if we were just to let go of that a little bit and and allow the gathering to be the main thing and what happens in the gathering is secondary?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was my story. I've shared it before, you can find it somewhere. But there was a real grief for me when we stopped gathering as we normally did because I knew it would look different. And we will craft that, we'll craft it together Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like because I believe there's real fruit there, especially if we can follow Jesus personally and then we gather as the church, as a family, with this kind of encouragement there that that actually does encourage us to go for it in partnering with Jesus in building up his church. What a beautiful picture. I mean, there's two convictions we've had that will start to shape um, gatherings a little bit. One is that we do want to see way more family and generational engagement. We want to see that. I don't think it's been a healthy thing looking back where we would actually make sure kids are over there and youth are over there and adults are in here. Um, We would want to see heaps more engagement. That doesn't mean that, again, it looks the same every week or it it probably will, but we just want to see more of that. There'll still be an age-appropriate thing that we can do with kids and same with youth. And the other thing that we'd want to see is that, you know, from a, from a place of conviction, this is what we believe God wants to do in and through us as Coast Community. Here's some, here's some messages and content and material. We would hope that as a whole church, kids, youth, adults, that we can be journeying in that same truth. In that same content, because we want to be formed together as a community of people. We want to equip you, if you've got kids, um, in your parenting, in your discipleship of your kids, so that around the dinner table or as you go, as you drive into school, wherever, that you can have faith conversations naturally with your kids. And our hope is that it comes out of some of the time of what we've journeyed through together. Yeah that we can have these conversations, you're set up for a win, that there's intentional engagement out of your home because we're actually journeying together. Now, we're going to craft that, we're going to workshop that, and my hope is that there will be greater intentionality in that space. I said this before, I hope that our kids and our youth understand that they belong in the church. They don't belong to a kids' program or they don't belong to a youth program. They, they can do that, but primarily they belong in the church. We want to see the stat in Australia turned around, which is somewhere between 50 and 80% of adolescents walk away from their faith. We want to see that turn around and one of the ways is that we gather together as a church and we belong together and actually kids and youth understand that they are part of the church and they have a role. They have an encouragement. I mean, who's been encouraged by a young child in a gathering? Plenty of times that happens for me. I'm encouraged by youth seeing youth step up. You just hear Levi Maru's pray, you're encouraged for probably a month. Um, There's so much that happens together as we gather as a family, as a community, and we belong together. My hope it is, even if ad- um, adolescents grow up and move for university, wherever, the first thing they do is look for a church to belong because they understand that they're part of the kingdom. They've adopt, been adopted into the family of God and we live that out and we're intentional in our mission for the rest of our lives. I am preaching now. We're supposed to be having a conversation. Sorry about that. Um, I am passionate about it. I'm passionate about it because I believe there's something significant in all of this for us. But it's not about us. It's about us together engaging with that, embracing it, following Jesus personally. Like what I'm encouraged with, whether it's people in this community that have shared things with me or other people from other churches, all these themes are presenting in other churches. It's not just us. For anyone that's asking the question and engaging with Jesus personally, this is the kind of stuff that's coming to the surface. So we want to pay attention to it. We want to actually bring leadership and direction to to that. And together, we will craft what that looks like so that we can be really effective for the kingdom of God. That we see many people come to faith. Many people declare that they follow Jesus. Many people demonstrate that through baptism. And then many people on the front foot of being in the team, of being followers of Jesus that make other followers of Jesus. Bring that on. That's what I want to see. Thanks for joining us today. I might pray we've gone a bit over time. Um, I tend to do that. Let me pray. Can you pray with me? Lord, I thank you that we can meet together like this. And you're an awesome God. And you're a God that's full of love. You're a God that cares, you're a God that sees, and you're a God that's really active in your world. And God, we acknowledge that that's true, and you're drawing people to yourself. Your spirit is working powerfully in people's lives, in our lives. God, help us to pay attention of what you want to say and what you want us to do. Lord, help us to embrace that. Help us to be really intentional with you, in partnering with you. God, I pray that we would actually have such vibrant gatherings, that they would be healthy, they would be growing, and they'd be full of love. And it will be our love that people will know that we are disciples of yours. So God, lead us. Help us to hear your voice. Look, I do say it for me, but my hope is that it's for all of us, that Jesus, we say yes. We say yes to what you want us to do. We pray your will would be done in and through us. And may you be given the glory all the time. And so God, we commit that to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.